When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and happy Friday. Welcome into another edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia. Of course, I am your mayor of Friday. I'm joined by my vice mayor of Friday, the one and only Thunderstick, Jesse Friedman. Derek, yesterday I was, was watching an interview on MLB Network where Dalton Varsho was the interviewee and Chris Young was the interviewer, who's now a host for MLB Network, of course. And it was very interesting just from a diamondbacks perspective like you see chris young like on the stage asking these questions i think matt vaskersion was there too and then you see now toronto blue jays outfielder dalton varsho <laughs> responding it was an interesting interesting thing to watch as someone who's been around the diamondbacks for a long time that that kind of hurts a little bit i don't think i'm ready for that i i'm, I'm not ready for that in fact but of course, this show is brought to you, whether I am ready or not, by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Uh, I, 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 I get sad already thinking about Dalton Varsho being a Toronto Blue Jay, as I'm sure does some of our friends from Toronto about Gabriel Moreno and Lourdes Gurriel, especially Gurriel because I feel like he's had a bigger impression on the fan base, so it's a similar feeling of like, ah, I like this guy. I really, I, I can very much say I like Dalton Varsho. I like the way that he in, does interviews. I like the way he plays this sport. Uh, there's very little to not like about Varsh. So I'm sure he's going to be embraced by the Toronto Blue Jays fan base almost immediately, right? But yeah, I'm not. I'm not ready to see him doing interviews as a Toronto Blue Jay. I'm not. That's it's too soon. It's too soon for that. Yeah, he I mean, he talked about all these Blue Jays players who've reached out to him and, you know, kind of made it feel like home already. Uh, Bo Bichette and uh, George Springer and, you know, just some of the some of the main guys over there um, who are kind of leaders in that clubhouse. It seems like they've already kind of grafted in Dalton Varsho into that group. Um, and I, I mean, that's not surprising. Like Dalton Varsho is probably going to be something of I don't know if leader is the right word. I mean, he's a really young guy. He's coming off his first full season in the big leagues but you know he i mean the diamondbacks named him their heart and hustle award winner from from this past season like he's he's that kind of a guy that a a lot of players in that toronto clubhouse are probably going to want to model their game after i think he doesn't really bring in you know the experience but he just brings in the the ultimate dog in him attitude you know right 
uh, it's something that a lot of the Diamondbacks players, like like you said, when we were grading Cattell Marte, just have uh, in abundance. We 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 looked at past players, especially players like David Peralta and Dalton Varsho, who were playing a completely different position at one point in their career, and were able to transition uh, to a more successful career as an outfielder and and you know do great in that role. Right. Um, and I, I just think there's there's something a bit irreplaceable, especially about Dalton Varsho and and his dog in him. Right. He was just uh, a, an absolute factor in a lot of the Diamondbacks wins. Uh, and honestly, one of our, our big questions today is how are the Diamondbacks going to replace this guy and all of his tools? It's not going to be easy, Derek. It's not going to be easy. I know it's a position the Diamondbacks have tons of depth at, right? Which is why they they made the move in the first place. They have all these Correct. left-handed hitting outfielders. But frankly, none of their left-handed hitting outfielders were were close to as good as as Dalton Varsho was last year. I guess you could right. could make a case that Corbin Carroll was, but it was such a small sample size that, you know, he still has a lot to prove as well. So I feel like this move puts a lot of pressure on two players in particular. Those being Jake McCarthy and Alec Thomas. Those are the other two key pieces to this puzzle for the outfield outside of Corbin Carroll. Um, And I think those two guys are going to be counted on in a big way in 2023 in order to fill that void. And it is a bit of a gamble for the Diamondbacks, right? Like Alec Thomas was sent down to Reno for a reason with a few weeks left to go in the season. He was you know, solid offensively for two or three months. And then the wheels just really came off with a swing. He was just rolling over the top of everything. Way too many, you know, slow rollers on the infield, some of which he was able to beat out because of how fast he is, but most of which he was not. Um, And then there's also Jake McCarthy, who had an excellent year last year, but is still very much unproven, right? And it was he wasn't particularly good in his first two big league stints with the D-backs. Only in that third and final stint um, did he look better. And and even then, some of the batted ball metrics say that you might not necessarily be able to count on Jake McCarthy, you know, hitting 280 or 300 or something like that again next season. I think he still has some strides to make as well. So it's the kind of move where if those two guys wind up being not as good as the Diamondbacks hope they are, if they wind up taking a step back, uh, or I guess in the case of Alec Thomas, not taking a big step forward, you might be in in a tough situation where it's like, oh man, like we we traded away the one outfielder who is proven and and who we knew was very good, and and the ones that are still here are are we're kind of taking a gamble, hoping that they turn into what we think they will. I think Dalton Varsho, of course, defensively is like like you suggested, defensively is going to be the area where. Uh, we end up missing him the most. I mean, his his war. There you go. For those of you that have a problem with the way I say war, not uh, war, <laughs> not war today. It's just war. Uh, his war is is a bit irreplaceable, right? And the bigger the big factor there is is defensive, right? You know, play obviously. Yeah. Uh, now we have seen all three of those guys, including Varsh, play center field and play it well, but to a varying degree. Varsho was excellent. Alec Thomas at times was excellent. Jake McCarthy was good, right? He could play center field and he played a lot of games in center field, both last season and this season for this team, but he's definitely not their center fielder, right? So uh, yeah. the one the one thing there is that uh, 
you know, maybe you, maybe Corbin Carroll moves to right field. Maybe Jake McCarthy plays left, le- plays left field. Maybe Corbin Carroll stays put there for a little while, uh, depending on how it shakes out. I think defensively, he's going to be, you know, obviously absolutely missed. Offensively, though, I don't know where the Diamondbacks are going to get his his missing power from. You know, his home run, his slugging percentage, his ability, yeah. you know, to uh, his RBIs, you know, or RBI for those of you of class and, and, and dignity. Uh, <laughs> he, he, you know, was his batting average does not tell the story. His 235 batting average does not tell the story for his impact on this team. And I think that loss is going to be huge as well. Yeah, it, it really is. And I mean, from a power standpoint, I frankly, I don't think there's any easy answers there. No. Um, I think Not right now what, what you can hope for is, and this is something that the Diamondbacks have sort of said is, is they think that uh, they think that Lourdes Gurriel Jr.'s wrist injury played a role in him only hitting five home runs last year. And he has had multiple 20 homer seasons uh, in the past with Toronto. So now that, you know, he's, he's having surgery, uh, which I believe rem- removes the hamate bone uh, that was causing that issue. He had that surgery and the Diamondbacks are hoping he can come into 2023 fully healthy. And that hopefully that allows him to get some of his pop in his swing back. Even if it doesn't still a valuable player he hit 291 last year, the D-backs still certainly have a need for that. Um, but yeah, he's the only guy, frankly, Derek, that I can look at and say, yes, I think this player could take a significant step forward from a power standpoint Outside of that, I'm not sure if you can really hope for anything more than what you've already gotten from a lot of these other guys. Odd number years seem to be good years for Gurriel, right? 2019, <laughs> 20 home runs, 50 RBI. 2021, 21 home runs, 84 RBI. 2023, TBD, right? But yeah, you're right. If we could get a little bit more power from a couple of the guys, maybe Cattell Marte stops trying so hard to hit for yeah, power and maybe he gets his swing back a bit, right? Like not his lack of production last year did roll over into his power as well. So maybe between Guriel and Marte returning to form a bit, maybe we can get that. Maybe Corbin Carroll can flash some of his power that we saw at a minor league level once he's, you know, kind of playing every day at a major league level. I still think that there's uh, the, the home runs and the RBI are there on this team to be unlocked. I, I still think defensively he's going to be missed more than his bat. Uh, but again, it's, it's a, a team that is a bunch of guys that really don't have a lot of power outside of Christian Walker. Let's be honest. And Gabriel Moreno yeah. is not going to be a source of that. It appears based on his minor league numbers. He much like Guriel, he has, he has a great batting average. So that's, and that's something, honestly, like at times that I, I know that long ball is sexy, but I, I don't know any more frustrating of a of an afternoon for a pitcher than having to deal with guys singling you to death, you know, getting a bases loaded and just running that carousel around on you. You know, that's the thing that I think uh, this team is going to do well. They're going to play essentially that small ball well without that power, but I think that they're still going to generate a lot of offensive runs and I'm, I'm excited to watch that. I just still don't know if we will see uh, anybody step up. We could also see a regression from Christian Walker as well. I don't want to throw that out there in the universe, but it's true, right? We it's could possible. see that. Yeah. Uh, remember remember a year ago, remember a year ago when we were talking about Christian Walker being a non-tender candidate, like, is it, <laughs> is it worth it to bring him back for 
you know, two, three million, whatever it was. Uh, we were having that conversation because Christian crazy. Walker was not good in 2021. And it was like, okay, I mean, you can't have a first baseman with a 670 OPS, right? Like there's just right. not a role for that on a big league team. And uh, yeah, I mean, safe to say the Diamondbacks are going to pay whatever they have to in arbitration in order to to bring him back. He is well worth what the Diamondbacks are paying him given his defense, his power, and and everything he brings to the team. Well, uh, I'm going to tell you this much. You had a pessimistic attitude about Christian Walker uh, last year. I'm not throwing <laughs> myself in there, um, but you had a pessimistic <laughs> attitude. I liked where your head's at because, of course, that allowed Christian Walker to have the season that he had. We talked yesterday about the article on MLB.com giving out uh, awards ahead of time for the 2023 season predictions for who's going to win those awards. We saw Zach Gallen be named the future winner of the NL Cy Young, and we saw Toy Lavolo be the future winner of the NL Manager of the Year. It blows things my that, mind. It blows my I mind. Like. I don't like that at the, all. I don't the like Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks were the only team that 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 article gave two awards to. There isn't, yeah. No other yeah. team got more than one award except for the Diamondbacks, well, it, which is not almost, something that you're used to seeing from, from an Arizona perspective. Usually the writers aren't like over-favoring the Diamondbacks in their preseason analysis. You're right. You're right. We often complain about the lack of attention that this team gets, but one almost added to the other, right? He suggested that Zach Gallen is an incredible pitcher that a lot of people don't know about and he was suggesting that he is going to really have a breakout season based on what he did not only this year but you know especially what he did kind of in the second half where he really turned it on and had you know an incredible run there I think that that conclusion I think he even said it in the article about Tori Lavolo the 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 Cy Young led to the conclusion that man that Tori Lavolo will win the manager of the year now he also said that both of these things are going to happen because it's always something weird. Like it's always something out of the, out, uh, out of the normal. And there's a bunch of like obvious candidates for the Cy Young that, you know, of course, probably people think of before they would think of Zach Gallen. However, uh, that that's why he decided to pick Zach Gallen. Cause it had to be something different and weird. And, and it had to be on a team that you wouldn't think of, uh, would, would have the Cy Young winner on it. And I like where he was going with that. However, I don't like that energy being put out in the universe. We talked about, what the MLB network did to poor Cattell Marte. And uh, I don't like this bad juju being thrown at both <laughs> Zach Gallen and Tori Lobolo. I think they're both going to like trip and fall and hurt themselves now because of this article. Jesse Friedman, however, tried to counterbalance that article <laughs> with his full count for diehards only article titled the diamondbacks need a miracle. Now I don't feel like I need to tell you, uh, much about what that article is about there's i just need to tell you the title uh, of course he bashed me in the article at one point because that's what he I does did. when i'm not looking he thinks i'm not he thinks i don't have a diehard membership but i absolutely do uh of course make sure to check that out because jesse's gonna break your heart um and that's what he does but i am glad that he put this out there because of course like i said we needed this we needed a naysayer to to to, to counteract 
all of this positive energy going towards <laughs> the Diamondbacks. And I think Jesse's article did that wonderfully. If you haven't done so already, get yourself a diehard membership over at gophnx.com. Not only will you get to read wonderful articles like Jesse's diehard only newsletter, the full count, you will also get wonderful articles from all of our writers, as well as free merchandise from the phnxlocker.com every single year you're a member and 20% off at the phnxlocker.com. You'll also get wonderful deals with our partners. You will get more than just what I'm talking about right now. Of course, you get access to our Discord lounge, the best place to be an Arizona sports fan, and you will get 20% off to exclusive events that we have, like our upcoming Four Peaks inaugural tea party uh, over at the Dobson Ranch Golf Course. You will get a discount on your entry fee. It's $45 per person for anyone to join us, but $36 for diehards, $160 for foursome, and $120 for diehard foursomes. This will give you unlimited range balls, a set of rental clubs if you don't have your own, one free hour of range time and golf balls at Dobson Ranch to be used at a later time. You can come out and play mini games with us, including Cornhole, which I will beat you in, Saul will beat you in Pickleball, and Jesse will beat you in Ping Pong. We'll also have contest entries, heaters, hot chocolate, food and drinks will be available for purchase, along with offerings from our locker and our partners. There will also be a free kids clinic provided for all kids 10 and under, and we will be hanging out with the PHNX Suns crew doing a watch along the Suns versus the Timberwolves that night. They'll be showing on jumbo screens out at the golf course. We're renting out the entire drive range. So come hang out with us, big drive energy and your fellow diehards for a night of golf, food, drinks, contest prizes, and so much more. Of course, make sure to check the link in the description to reserve your spot right now. And for our diehards, check the discord for your special link where you, where you will receive 20% off this awesome event. And I can't wait for that, Jesse, uh, as you pointed out, it's Friday the 13th. So I'm, I'm a little less excited about that. I don't want anybody showing up, uh, in a hockey mask or anything like that. That's not that that's terrifying on that day. Um, and I feel like, uh, Jesse's going to experience bad luck at, at the ping pong table because of it being Friday the 13th, mostly because he's the one that pointed that out. But, uh, of course, got to save yourself some money. You can do that as a diehard member, um, or unless you are the owner of an MLB team, you can spend however much money you want. You don't have to worry about that, but shout out to our friends at the four peaks brewing company. Of course, if you don't join us out there, they will be providing you with free beer samples and some swag. If you can't join us, make sure to grab their beer, wherever you get their beer must be 21 or over to enjoy and enjoy responsibly. Uh, and again, yeah, the baseball teams, they're spending money, Jesse. This uh, team's competitive balance tax payroll thresholds are something else right now because, of course, this is the first year with the new tiered competitive balance tax threshold system based on the amount of spending. Of course, we know that the Mets don't give a shit about your 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 tax tiers or your luxury tax or how much they spend or how much you're spending. They don't care. They'll spend whatever they want and they'll do it gladly. Um, but six teams right now are currently above the minimum $233 million threshold. And uh, there's there's weird things here because, of course, everybody, due to this being a new thing, everybody would be like considered a first-time spender on this. But the more years that you're above the salary tax or, or above these thresholds, the more you end up having to pay, right? So yeah. that's also a factor here, too. That's the reason I think we're only seeing six teams right now above the minimum threshold because a lot of teams really want to stay under that first time spender if they can for this, for, for this new competitive balance tax uh, 
system, tiered system. Yeah, the way it the way it works, like kind of like what you're what you're saying is if you're a first time offender, then you your your tax rates are, you know, these numbers. And then if you're a second time, then those numbers increase. And if you're a third time, those numbers increase again. And I think they just stay there at that point. So yeah. the Mets are a second time offender. So they're paying 90% uh tax above that highest uh, threshold. So okay, um, so it didn't reset with the new tiered system. It's just based on like last yeah, year and this year. I believe, kind of yeah, I believe okay. they they are they are considered a second time offender. So instead of paying 80% tax above that highest uh that highest marker, which is set at 293 million, they're paying 90% tax. Um and then if they're a third time offender, which it feels inevitable that they will be a third time offender next year. Yeah. Um yeah. That would be 110% that they would be taxed above oh my God. Uh, that highest <laughs> oh my threshold. God. So, yeah, it, it's it's insane. Uh, the Diamondbacks, shockingly, uh, have never exceeded the threshold for uh, the MLB competitive <laughs> balance tax. I know that comes as a shock to everyone. Um, but, yeah, there, there, are, uh, there are these six teams that are here. The Dodgers are, like, right on the, the cusp. Uh, this MLB trade rumors article that we were looking at said they are a rounding air away. Uh, yeah. So there's basically seven teams. Well, once the offseason ends, I'm sure there's going to be seven teams. The Dodgers uh, still have, I'm I'm sure, a, a smaller move or two to make at the very least. Uh, so we're probably going to see that. But, uh, but, but yeah. But the, the article does suggest, because we have seen a lack of spending from the Dodgers, we have seen some of their key pieces that were successful there go on to other teams. Uh, and they suggest that right now, uh, if they can stay below that $233 million threshold, that allows them to kind of reset their status and go into 2024 as a first-time payer, which is yeah. something that obviously this team has always been, at least over like the last 10 years, over whatever the competitive balance tax amount is. But now, you know, of course, <clears throat> right now, they see all the spending going on. They actually still have a decent farm system. I mean, the Dodgers have have this incredible ability to not only develop their young players, but also develop guys that they bring on. But like you said, yeah, there's a good, there, there's a good chance that they're not going to stay below that threshold. And I'm sure once they go above it, they'll have no problem like going crazy and doing something, you know, huge or whatever. But uh, what's surprising is some of these teams that are above it, including uh, the blue Jays are one of the teams that are above that $233 million threshold. Uh, the Mets, of course, are in their own fucking division altogether <laughs> up there. Uh, also, the Yankees and the Padres then tear down, and they are, they are alone in their individual tiers as well. Uh, when you get down into that first tier that's just above 233, you have the Phillies, the Braves, and the Blue Jays. Uh, the Braves, man, it makes makes me feel good to see them there. Right. With all the spending they're doing, I'm just glad to finally see them have to pay something, even if it's just in that first year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're at 240 million right now. Um, it, it is just kind of crazy that like. I don't know if you if you look at like the bottom 10 of spenders in baseball, the Diamondbacks currently are at 21st in terms of their their luxury tax payroll. That's at 123 million. They're not actually spending 123 million, but that's like. How, how much they're being counted against in terms of the, the luxury tax threshold. Um, it's just so crazy to me that like the, those bottom 10 of spenders are not actually anywhere close to that first luxury tax threshold. Like, like the Dodgers are able to stay under the luxury tax threshold, right? No, no penalty, nothing. And their, and their payroll is still more than twice as much 
as the team that ranks 20th, not, not like the least spender, like the team that ranks 20th, there's still nine more teams below them. Right. Right. And, right. and the Dodgers in that position aren't actually being penalized at all. So it just goes to show that like this competitive balance tax system that, that is, that is put into place. It is effective in some ways. I mean, you're seeing teams like the Dodgers, you know, they, it makes sense. Maybe they, maybe they want to stay under that threshold this year so that they can go give Shohei Otani, you know, $45 million a year or whatever next year. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, their payroll is still so much higher than so many other teams that it's not really doing its job at the end of the day. It's not really, you know, accomplishing competitive balance as its name suggests. Well, then in that case is the idea there that we need a, a, a spending floor as we've talked about in the past, is it more on the owners? Like, because to me, that seems like crafty maneuvering by the Dodgers. If the Dodgers keep their payroll at 232 million and avoid that, but still spend, it's like, it's like a good secret Santa, right? Where, you know, you can't spend over $25 and this dude spent $24 and 98 cents. Right. And then you also have the guy that spent $8, you know, both of these people exist and you know, you've been given gifts by both of these different secret Santas and you know, which one it's cool to get gifts from and which one it sucks to get gifts from. Right. So I just figured, I, I mean, of course, right now that could just be a coincidence. Maybe the Dodgers are holding right there, but they do plan on exceeding it. Maybe part of their plan is to reset their first payer status to next year so they can they can go after Otani, like what you're talking about, and give them an absurd 15-year deal and have them be a part of the Los Angeles Dodgers organization and make me hate life and hate him. And I'll never hate him. I I can't I can't say I'll ever hate Otani, but uh but yeah, I mean I almost feel like this is more on the owners that aren't spending more money. I understand though. It's still a business. There's still stadiums that aren't going to be filled every single night the way that that San, that stadium in San Diego is filled, the way that Los Angeles is filled. I was actually shocked to see how empty uh the Giant Stadium got the last year considering that they were a bad team. I thought that was a team that was kind of impervious to people not coming out and watching their games, but even last season, they were enough of a disappointment that their fan base didn't really come out uh, and, and support them the way they do when the team is doing well, which it's no real surprise. There's a lot of cool shit to do in San Francisco. I just think that, uh, again, it, it, it's about obviously fielding good teams and and that being kind of related to the stadiums and how, how packed they are, how much support you get. The Diamondbacks are in a, in a, in a hard place spot you know what i mean they they have a lot to contend with and it's not just the nl west they have a lot of other issues to contend with as far as building a fan base uh having a stadium full of people there, there's just a lot there that that they still have to work on and i'm sure you know yeah. they, i'm sure they can get there i just don't know how like i know spending obviously is going to be a big part of it you can't compete in a division when you're spending half as much as you know, your division rival, let alone what the Padres are spending, what other teams in the national league are spending, right? Uh, the, the, the Mets competitive balance tax penalty is more than the diamondbacks payroll. I believe, is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe it is correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that hurts my heart in so many different ways. Uh, it, it hurts my heart for the Mets. Like, God, that's a lot of money that you're just fucking being taxed on. And, I don't know how they're going to continue to do that, but 
Hey, God bless them. It's not, it's not my business to worry about their business. I will just say, I don't know how they're going to continue to do that. Uh, the Diamondbacks could never uh, run at that much of a negative and operate, <laughs> you know, so I, I just don't know where the Mets are coming from or, or, you know, even if their stadium is full every single night, sold out game night after night for 81 nights, I still don't see where they're going to be able to, you know, recoup that money from as a business. So. No, no. I mean, anyway. they're, they're definitely engaged in, in deficit spending and so are the Padres and, their owners just don't care, right? I mean, that's just kind of the, there are some owners out there that just, they're in this to win. They're not in this to make money or to even break even. They're just in this to win. And in a perfect world, you'd have 30 Steve Cohens, right? Like that would be, that would make baseball awesome. I mean, that would be, (laughs) that would be great because they'd be, you know, they'd be all competing with each other. And, you know, I mean, in a way, that's what this feels like, right? Like I I feel like Steve Cohen's trying to make other people back down with his spending in a way. And instead you have other teams spending outrageous amounts. And I like, again, who only one team wins the world series. So the Padres season is going to be a failure or the Mets season is going to be a failure or the Yankee season is going to be a failure. But one of these, especially the teams that spent way above 233 million, it's going to be a huge fucking disaster for, you know, three of those four teams. Like it's, it's crazy, you know? And of course, at least teams like the Braves and the Blue Jays have the fact that they're not putting all of their eggs in the basket of the next two years, right? So even though they're spending a lot of money, they also spent the money on a young team that is going to hopefully continue to be competitive. Uh, I just don't know about the Mets and if they're going to be that, you know, especially with just all of these guys with fat contracts, uh, long-term, aging together, you know, getting I mean, like, like the Mets, if you look at the Mets starting rotation, there are you could make the argument that there are like zero long-term assets there. I guess maybe right. they have a, a few young guys that that you know might factor in, but like Kodai Senga, you don't really know what he's going to be in the long term. I think it's a five-year deal, so he'll be around for a while. But there's some risk there. Uh, Jose Quintana, uh, he had a great year last year, but you know he's in his early mid 30s at this point. I don't know if you necessarily view him as like a long-term fixture in that rotation and then even at the top with you know scherzer and verlander like those two guys are you know i mean are going to be great while they're still around but but the clock is ticking and you know that realistically might not be longer than a couple of more years so yeah the mets in the long term in the long term like they're operating in a pretty different way than than a lot of those other teams who have a number of players under control for for a decently long time the mets really don't have that. Uh, a lot of their guys are uh, are aging veterans in in particular in their pitching staff. There's there's just not a lot there. Well, Jesse, the World Baseball Classic as we talked about yesterday is right around the corner. There's a lot of fun stuff right around the corner. Super Bowl is right around the corner. NFL playoffs and of course the MLB season is coming up in no time. So make sure to spruce up your home so you can have guests over, uh, have some have some snacks and enjoy some sports together at your house. Uh, and that way you don't have to go anywhere and more is the place to do that. So go to morefurniture.com, get yourself some new furniture. And again, when you talk about not having to go anywhere, not only can you invite your friends over and check out your new living room or your new, your new, uh, man cave, you can also get more furniture to deliver your furniture for free with their white glove delivery service, which we received at our office. And it made me feel very, very fancy. 
very fancy. There was there was no bow ties involved, but it was very clean. No uh, no fingerprints on the new stuff. So make sure to check out morefurniture.com. And with a minimum purchase of $1,999, you will get that free white glove delivery service only at morefurniture.com. Uh, Jesse, that's not all, though. Uh, I want to thank everybody this year for joining us on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. I'm not saying just this week. Of course, we had all sorts of new friends check out the show this week due to the trade with Toronto. It's been a blast having you guys here. But more importantly, it's been a blast having all of our diehards here all all, all year long, all season long. Uh, of course, if you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. If you've been listening to us on this audio podcasting app that you're listening us to us on right now, uh, go leave us a, a, a thumbs up on our episodes subscribe sign up for notifications that way you don't miss when any of our shows go live or any of the other shows go live uh and again if you're listening to us on your favorite audio podcasting app please subscribe to us there if you haven't done so leave us a review we appreciate you guys always leaving us some feedback of course five star reviews um make my heart grow 10 10 times the size so make sure to do that and in a healthy way not like in an enlarged heart kind of unhealthy way Um, but course we're saying goodbye to 2022 i know jesse and i wanted to talk about some of our favorite moments but we're not the only ones saying goodbye uh to 2022 and goodbye to their beloved sports because uh we have jesse uh kind of i I won't say unprecedented but we have quite a few umpires saying goodbye to major league baseball 10 in fact are retiring which is the most number of umpires that have retired at one time since 1999 um couple of them well-respected crew chiefs like ted barrett greg gibson tom hallian sam holbrook jerry meals jim reynolds and bill welke uh you might not recognize most of these names because they're not problematic umpires that's part of the reason why it sucks (laughs) to lose them they're good guys that did their jobs so you don't know their names no there's no angel hernandez in there no there's no cb buckner in there not yet Um, but also marty foster paul nort and tim timmons will also all uh be hanging up the chest protector and the face mask. So Jesse, it's kind of interesting because uh, one thing a friend of mine that used to be an umpire told me, uh, I don't know, maybe about four or five years ago was that he was afraid that there was going to be a shortage of umpires kind of similar to what we hear about like airline pilots. You know, it's like is there a shortage of is there a shortage of airline airline pilots? Apparently, there's going to be, yeah, because airline pl- pilots are forced to retire at a certain age. I believe it's 65. Obviously, for the reasons of getting up there and not being able to do their job as effectively. No, no, no timeline like that with with umpires, of course. But I will say that, uh, you know, I think it's uh, a thing where it was a profession that people wanted to be involved in more at one point. Maybe it's just not as desirable. I do know both uh, both positions get a lot of grief. Obviously, it's a lot of uh, it's 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 an it's a thankless job that you do that. I mean, of course, airline pilots aren't, you know, uh, the cool superheroes that they used to be kind of in the seventies, you know, at one point. So I get that, uh, umpires, I don't know who would want to be an umpire. Uh, I, I really don't, I don't know who would yeah. say like, you know what? I want to go tell other people what to do, you know, like, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I get it. It's a power trip thing. Uh, I just don't know who like, honestly would be like, I want to go call balls and strikes for baseball. You know, I, I, I get it from the perspective that I love this game. You love this game. And we both want to do anything we can to be involved with it, including 
putting up with each other's bullshit and doing the show. Right. So that's part of, <laughs> that's part of what we do here. Um, but of course, you know, like, I don't know a person that would actively seek out a career as an umpire. So I guess that makes sense. Hopefully it's not the truth. I know that there's plenty of umpires in like minor leagues and stuff like that. This is just a lot leaving at one time. I'm sure it's going to leave a bit of a, of, of a gap for, uh, for, for the umpiring world somewhere. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I like I personally don't know. I hardly even know a little league umpire. Like that's just not. <laughs> I mean, you could make a case that being a little league umpire is worse than being yes like, a minor yeah. league or major league umpire. Absolutely, because you've Absolutely. got like you've got like kids' parents in your ears uh-huh. all the time. Like yeah. when when the game doesn't even matter at the end of the day, like the kids are all eight years old. You got these parents chirping at you from the stands. And the kids uh, are all hella disrespectful too. Don't get me wrong. Like you get, <laughs> you get it from both sides. You know, you get a manager yelling at you, you get the kids yelling at you, and then you have the parents in the stands. Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand why the, the appeal of the job isn't really all there because it, I mean, it's not just like, what you said about you get to go tell other people what to do. It's like, right. no, those other people, they're going to, they're going to tell you what to do too. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, it kind of definitely works both ways. Uh, so yeah, I, I honestly have a lot of respect for um, most MLB umpires. Uh, you know, there's, there's a few that, that do cause some issues from, from time to time. But I mean, any, any job, like whether you're an NBA referee or an MLB umpire an NFL referee or whatever, you're 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 basically guaranteed to get a bad rap and you're basically guaranteed to have people hate you and uh and you're guaranteed to miss calls too because that's just the nature of being a human being like trying to operate in that position it's impossible for any umpire to you know we we saw we saw at one point this year right it was a playoff game there was a game where the home plate umpire i don't remember his name uh where the home plate umpire had a perfect game they they called all the strikes strikes. They called all the balls balls, and and it was a perfect game for an umpire. But that is extraordinarily rare, to my knowledge. That is the only time that happened in all of 2022 for umpires. So Pat, there, Pat Hoberg, by the way, Pat Hoberg, Pat Hoberg. Pat Hoberg. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Shout out to yeah. Pat Hoberg. But yeah. like that kind of a thing is really really hard to do, and it's not that these umpires are trying to be bad at their job. It's just because we're human beings, and and no human being can operate with that degree of precision, you know, for 250 pitches every game, it just doesn't work that way. You just made the perfect argument for robot ums, Jesse. And that's what we're going to see is robot. <laughs> Once people stop wanting to be umpires, then the robots come. And then I'm excited because we actually get like, I want C3PO back there. No face mask. You can just ding it right off the umpire. He doesn't even, <laughs> doesn't even flinch, you know, by the way, Pat Hoberg called that perfect game in game two of the world series, by the way. So it's like, not only did he call it, but he called it on such a huge stage. And that's just one yeah. of the very memorable moments from this past year that we experienced. Of course, uh, I know we've experienced a lot of memorable moments on this very show. So, Jesse, before we say goodbye to 2022, I know this is an audio only podcast. We can't show any any clips, but what was your favorite moment from this show? What are some of your favorite moments? I won't put too much pressure on one moment. I, I have a feeling we're going to share one for sure. And are we oh are we are we talking moments on the show or moments yeah, let's of the season? Yeah, you could go either way. 2022 is almost God. So what 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 have been, been your favorite moments of this year? Okay. Okay. I'll I'll start I'll start the season 
and then maybe I'll maybe I'll chime in some stuff on this show in particular later. Um, I think the moment where uh, Pittsburgh Pirates legend Rodolfo Castro uh, slid into third base <laughs> and had his cell phone, <laughs> cell phone fall out of his pocket. back pocket. Yeah. And, uh, speaking of umpires, I don't remember the umpire in this. Oh no, it was uh, third base umpire Adam Hamari. It was Adam Hamari. He was the third base umpire in this situation. And, uh, and after Rodolfo Castro slides, he stands up, and then Adam Hamari points down at his cell phone and is like, "I, th- I think you, I think you lost your cell phone there, buddy." Dropped, um, <laughs> and then, and then Adam Hamari, like, of course, there, you know, there were some ramifications for this. You're not allowed to have uh, your cell phone with you in, in the dugout, much less uh, while you're actively playing on the field, at least to my knowledge. Um, but Hamari like couldn't help but just hold back this smile on his face. It was hilarious. He's just like, like that's not really something you see on a professional baseball field ever. Yeah, <laughs> players sliding <laughs> and then their phone falls out of their pocket. So that was a that was a priceless moment from the 2022 season for me. It, this feels like it was so long ago, but all of the harassment that Madison Bumgarner endured from umpires this uh, season. That's that's Dan, something Dan Bellino. Dan Bellino with the hand check, the, the the stare into the eyes, the magical moment. Uh, another wonderful moment that was an exchange between someone and an umpire was uh, when the Diamondbacks were playing the St. Louis Cardinals and C.B. Buckner and Oliver Marmel got into it. Uh, and not only that, but uh, John Boy had one of the most incredible lip reading breakdowns of this uh, exchange ever. And it was honestly one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Just the, just, just the actual words that were said, uh, from one person to another. <laughs> and of course, shout out, uh, shout out to John boy for being so good at those lip reading things. I, I saw at the winter meetings, there were several questions to the managers and the, uh, and executives about, uh, John boy's ability to, uh, to read lips. <laughs> and apparently the, a lot of them said he, he was spot on. <laughs> I was, uh, <laughs> I was a little, I was a little nervous walking around at the winter meetings because I, I knew that those John boy guys were around and I was like, I better make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm careful with, with my words because <laughs> they could be doing lip reading on me at any moment. Oh yeah. I don't know they why could. they would care to do that with me in particular. Hey, you, never know. you never, you never know. You never know. You, you can, you can always be a targeted Jimmy. Uh, but anyway, uh, some favorite moments on this show, though, Jesse, uh, I will say I mean the, the conga line thing, right? The conga I mean, line that, that has, conga to, line that, has that's the first greatest. thing that comes to my mind. It's still it's still my cover photo on Twitter, uh, a picture of me just like laughing hysterically with the microphone right in front of me. And then all of you, guys, we should probably share the full context here for people who, who don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. If you uh, haven't seen the episode, you have to go back and check this one out. Maybe we'll have it for you next week. But of course, uh, the context was that Jesse didn't know what a conga line was. I think I used it as a metaphor saying there was a conga line of young players ready to dance their yeah, way onto the right. major league roster, uh, to which point Jesse questioned what a conga line was. Leah and I lost our minds. And then somehow, some way, in a moment that most people don't believe was uh, natural and just formed out of nowhere, our coworkers from PHNX formed a conga line and danced into our studio and around us. And we had no part in that. It was very scary for about five seconds because I had no idea what they were up to. But the minute <laughs> that they came in, I 
couldn't be more uh, overjoyed that they did. Uh, it was one of the greatest <laughs> moments uh, in PHNX history, not just this show. Let's be honest, but it, it uh, was. It, it's that's a moment we're going to remember for for a long time. Not not yeah. just in 2022. That was pretty funny. Yeah, I loved uh, I loved everything about that. Uh, I will also say I've loved your movie reviews, even though I obviously disagree with so many of them <laughs> and i hate them so much but i've loved your movie reviews i, I loved how many movies we've already made you watch in, in in this just in this year i feel like we've moved your cinematic film watching career along substantially i've i've watched more movies in the last i don't know how long we've been doing this maybe like three or four months i've watched more movies in the last three or four months than possibly any three or four months span of my life. <laughs> and and we've only been doing these movie reviews like once every two weeks. So that that tells you something about how few movies I generally consume in my day-to-day life. Yes. Uh, I also have really enjoyed working with Leah. Leah has been an incredible producer. Forget that Fodge guy. You know, whatever. Yeah, he's, can't can't stand awesome. that guy. But uh, <laughs> Leah Leah has been a a ray of sunshine. I very much miss working with Emma. Uh, I very much love having Faj on the show. Uh, I know that few people in the office have Jacob's fire about the Arizona Diamondbacks. I, I don't think even you and I do. We can't even muster up that amount of energy uh, that Jacob <laughs> does to be either excited or angry about things happening with this team. But uh, also shout out to our MVP, Sean DePaz. That's my MVP, Sean DePaz, because he was uh, also fantastic on the show. Once Jesse let him come on. Yeah, he he might. He might come back on next week. We'll That's see. That's right. We'll see how, depending on how he behaves, how he treats me in the next few days. We'll, <laughs> we'll, see, if he, we'll see if he gets that invite or not. <laughs> uh but yeah it's been a blast man i've been uh really enjoyed working with you all jokes aside it's been uh, a fun time and i think that we have just uh we have just begun we have only just begun jesse uh with this thing we call the phnx dbacks podcast we very much look forward to bringing you even bigger and better coverage of the arizona diamondbacks in 2023 uh and i know i'm very excited for spring training to kick off around these parts because it's happening before we know it. You know, we're going to, we're going to yeah. blink. We're going to talk about some more off season moves and trades. And next thing you know, pitchers and catchers are going to be reporting. So uh, we thank you guys so much for being here, for sending us your mailbag Monday questions for joining us live in the chat. It's been uh, a, an absolute joy to see uh, you guys join us uh, to make you guys part of our family here at PHNX D backs. And, and to see this thing grow, it's been a lot of fun, especially with everything, uh, you know, going on with this team. I think that we we found ourselves some really great fans. And uh, again, even that has just begun to grow. So uh, we're on off to bigger and better things in 2023. Us, the team, diehards, everybody looking forward to it. But of course, got to say uh, goodbye to 2022. And thank you for all the fishes. That's a that's a. Huh? Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a book that you. I'm gonna get you to read that book, and then I'm gonna get you to read. Uh, get you oh, watch book, all books are where books are where I draw the line, Derek. Damn you can I get tried. me to watch some movies, I but I, I'm not. Got, <laughs> did you not give me a book for Christmas last year? You monster, Jesus! You won't even that's, do that's the thing fair. you got me. But anyway, yeah, that's fair. Uh, of course, I'm going to also get Jesse on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And if you haven't done so, we need to get you on the DraftKings Sportsbook uh, app. Of course, use our code of PHNX to sign up. Make a $5 money line bet on any 
NBA team pregame to win their game, and you will get $150 in free bets if they do that thing. So, uh, of course, I would say bet on the Suns, but they're pretty erratic right now. I don't know when to say yes and when to say no. They've surprised me, and then they've let me down. So uh, maybe, again, I'm riding with the Denver Nuggets lately, uh, as much as it pains me to say that, uh, but I got to keep it in the All-City family. So I know I can't trust the Bulls, so let's go with the Nuggets. But, of course, uh, place it on any team you want, and, of course, if you win as a new customer, you'll get that $150 in free bets. That's promo code PHNX only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, Jesse? That's all I got this week. Of course, we thank you guys so much for being here, not just this week, uh, not just this month, uh, but all year long. Uh, In behalf of Jesse and myself, we always appreciate you, uh, but more so lately. We've uh, really appreciated uh, the support. This has been a big week and month for us. It's our biggest Biggest month of downloads that we've ever had. Biggest month of views on YouTube. And it's during the the off season. So we can't thank you guys enough for it. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. But of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys again for joining us all year long. On behalf of Jesse and myself, we appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun in 2023.